0: So as we're singing that Jesus is coming again, he's coming again, Jesus is coming again. Do you just sense that I know this since I gave my life to Christ in 1993, everyone has been saying that I've heard it before then. I continue to hear that Jesus is coming back soon. But do you not just sense that something is different? Jesus is coming back soon. He is coming back soon. And when he comes, like that was said in the Bible, he said, will I find faith? He is coming back soon, whether we like it or not. This is a different time. The times that we live now. I mean, people older than me, oh God, they got to be very old to be older than me. They will say, Oh, you know, it's not like the old days. Things are changing. We are at times now where we call good evil and we call evil good yes have you noticed that you know i say some things and my children are shocked mom i can't believe you said that i'm saying what is wrong with what i've just said oh you can't say that you can't say anything you can't do anything so i'm saying like somebody was um saying one of the bishops saying the queen said i can't wait for jesus to come back i hope he comes back soon so i can lay my crown at his feet isn't that beautiful? That's not my message, but I don't know why I'm getting just that sense about Jesus is coming. And when he comes, he's coming with great expectation. He's coming with great expectation. He expects to see something that he asked before he left. He said, when he comes, will he find faith? Will he find faith in me? And what is that faith that is he was asking if he will find? faith to believe that he has already given us everything that we need to live here to produce giving us the ability to live our lives last week mark was talking about the talent the gifts that god had distributed to every single one of us when he was he gave us gifts gave us talents and just as he's coming back that's what that parable was about that he's going to come back and when he comes back he's going to take account and more and more I just have that sense in my spirit that Jesus is coming soon and when he comes what will he find in me? what would would my life show to jesus how would i say jesus look at what you gave me and look at what i've done with it and mark was talking about that well done good and faithful servant but this week three i uh, was two two weeks ago or three weeks ago les and i were we were um, having our devotion in the morning and so we're reading the book of mark something just really struck me in relation to the gifts that Jesus has given us And his expectation When he returned I don't have a title for this message Because I just written it as It came out of my spirit So I'm sure the church office will give it the title So today I want to look at An incident Which happened When Jesus And his disciples Were on their journey from Jerusalem Jesus had he had rode or ridden on the cult to Jerusalem and he was surrounded by noisy crowd. Everybody was they all hail Jesus, all hail the King. Jesus spent the night in Bethany. And that's where I want to pick up the stories from today. So if you have your Bible or your iPhone or every manner of i I copied that from Terry Copeland. Mark 11, no, no not Terry Copeland, sorry. Mark 11, 12 to 14 And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple So when he had looked round and all things As the hour was already late He went to Bethany with the twelve Now the next day When they had come out from Bethany he was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no man, let no one, eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for your word that is so quick and is powerful. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will come right now, rest upon us. I pray for every heart to be opened, every ear to be opened, every spirit to be quickened and awakened to your voice this morning, that as you speak to us, Lord, let our hearts be receptive and be open to that which you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. In your name, Jesus. This strange story has baffled me for years, for a very long time. Every time I read it, I would question, I would say, if it was non-defect tree season, why would Jesus curse it? That seemed a bit unfair, right? If it wasn't his season and he wasn't doing what was out of the ordinary, what he wasn't supposed to be doing, why would Jesus curse it? And I've heard so many preaches on the, on the fig tree. Some say, oh, he, the fig tree had the appearance of, um, of um, fruits, but there was no fruit in it. So that means those, that relates to pretentious Christianity. We, we, we pretend to be what we are not, or, you know, various versions. But as we are having our devotion that morning, now we read ready, something happened in my spirit. And I was just quiet for a while. And I said to Les, I think the Holy Spirit just asked me to preach on this. And I'm thinking, I don't know which way to approach it. Because I don't think I'm qualified to explain the unexplained. Because Jesus didn't explain it. The disciples didn't ask the question. So we didn't know. And we don't know. And so because of that, it's open to interpretation. So I waited on the Holy Spirit to see what he will say to me What he will teach me Why Jesus, we, we, we know, Jesus that we know You know, wouldn't just curse anything for no reason And the first thing that was quickening my spirit was When Jesus said, you know, every tree, yeah, tree that does not bear fruit What will happen to it? It will be chopped up and it will be, you know, set on fire I'm just paraphrasing and Jesus did not curse that fig tree because he was hungry. How do I know that? Because I knew Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And he refused to turn stones into bread. So why would Jesus cause a tree? Whose season was not yet, you know, around, approached. Why would Jesus curse it? This does not sound like the Jesus that I know, that I love, that I worship. Jesus who is so caring, compassionate, and he cares about everything, all things bright and beautiful. He made them all, and he, he loves them. So crossing the tree didn't make sense. So if we know, because if you know Jesus, we should know his character if I I know less I know his character and if somebody comes to tell me something that less is done you know in my absence I know straight away I can say oh yes that would be him he did that Or I'll say mm, I'm not too sure about that I need to find out if he did do that there has to be a reason and we know this the bible tells us that this scripture is holy spirit breed so which means can be used for several things to to teach to correct to rebuke to edify so what was jesus lesson to his disciples in this in his action What was his lessons? What was he trying to teach them? And now what is he trying to teach us? And that morning I just spent time pausing and praying and asking the Holy Spirit if you want me to teach on this not teach, preach then you need to show me What lesson is there for me? What do I need to learn from this? What was Jesus teaching the disciples? You know, when I teach on prayer and I teach on how to hear the voice of God one of the things that I teach or one of the things that I say I said the best way to communicate with God and to hear God in prayer is through inquiry. Because if you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. So you ask, I say, ask the right questions, listen to your heart, and hear what the Holy Spirit will communicate to you. And what does inquiry mean? It doesn't just mean asking a simple question. It is so much more than that, to inquire of the Lord. It is seeking to know beyond the ordinary. It's seeking to know beyond the obvious. So I sat there and I was enquiring. Because when you are seeking to know... You must inquire correctly, ask the right questions in order to get the response you need, not the one you desire. So this morning as you hear the voice of God, as I'm speaking, listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. And hear what the Holy Spirit is communicating through the scripture through this example of the fig tree. When we focus on asking the wrong questions, we end up with more questions. Or if we don't ask questions at all, we still end up with wrong questions, which is what the disciples did. And that's why we are still asking what that wasn't a parable, an incident. Therefore, if we are to get the right answers, we ought to ask different questions. And for me, I believe that the disciples missed a golden moment to have the most effective teaching, one of the most effective teaching that Jesus could have given them. And when they failed to ask Jesus, why he caused the fig tree so what if we stop, we stop focusing on why Jesus caused the fig tree when it was in the fig tree season when the poor tree didn't deserve to be cursed what if we stop focusing on that what if we ask different questions Holy Spirit What can we learn about the character of God regarding our relationship with him? Because when we have a relationship with God, when we we say we know God, when I say I know God, I know God, I know his character. And I know this action that is taking place is act of character. Then there's so much more that I could learn. Because just like the disciples, we can miss golden opportunity just by asking why Jesus cost the victory instead of ask, asking why is Jesus. Why, what is Jesus? So not the why, but the what. What is he trying to communicate? And the, one of the first things I noticed was. When Jesus approached the tree, says the tree was green. So it had all the right attributes needed to produce. Just like you and I. God created, he said when he fashioned us in our mother's womb, he puts an eternity within us. Everything that we ever need to live, to serve, to produce, to be fruitful, is already in us that tree the fig tree the leaves were green the conditions were right because if it was dry if the conditions wasn't right the leaves would not be green so which means it had everything just like me but it failed to produce why You see we have been created full of everything Jesus said his life when we gave our life to Christ everything that Christ was when he walked the earth we now are because he lives in us his ability his supernatural powers his strength his wisdom his knowledge his understanding everything And he's gone on to tell us how we can, what power lives in us, because he gave us the Holy Spirit. It was so important, he said to the disciples, don't leave until you receive power from on high. And they received the power and subsequently we have that power. So when Jesus came to the fig tree, there was an expectation, because he knew that tree, whether it was in season or not, whether we are going through difficulties or not, whether the circumstances circumstances happening in our lives or not, we have everything to produce at all times. So when he approached the tree, he was hungry, Jesus was like the masses, Just like we, when we leave this room and we go out in the street, there are people who are hungry. I'm not talking about physical hunger. Who are hungry. They are thirsty. They want something. There's a great expectation. When we say we are who we are in Christ, for them to want to to receive something that will change and they will transform their lives. So there's a great expectation from our Heavenly Father for us to use our potentials and our abilities to produce good fruits in seasons and out of season. Whether we feel like it or not. So why did Jesus cost the fig tree? Are you getting the picture? He didn't never cost the fig tree because he was hungry. There was a great expectation because that fig tree had everything. It was just symbolic to teach the disciples, to teach us now what he expects on his return. The talent, the gift, the ability that he's given us to produce fruit. Because the reason we need to yield fruit is not for our benefit. It's not to puff ourselves up. It's not to say, I've got it together. I'm a Christian, I know where I'm going, that my life is now secured. That is not why we are to produce fruit. Jesus expects fruits on that tree so that just as well as he was hungry, that every other person who was hungry could go to that tree and eat of the fruit. Jesus needed the fruits that he expected and it wasn't there so if jesus was to come today for example where he's here right now that we can say but when he comes and is fully when on his return would he find fruit on you on me these are the questions I ask myself, not why, there was no, not why Jesus cursed the tree, but what is his expectation of me? What lessons was he teaching me? Like I said earlier, Jesus already, the scriptures told us what will happen to the tree that does not produce fruit. And Jesus was not talking about trees, he's talking about us. It's about me. It's about me. If I don't produce fruit, if I truly don't produce fruit, what good am I? If I don't produce fruit, what good am I? How, what, what importance is my living and my existence? If I don't bear fruit for others to eat, people can't benefit from my life. I mean, what a waste of life that is. And that can look different for everybody. When Mark was preaching last week, he mentioned comparison. And that is, you know, when we compare, all fruits are not the same. Even the gifts of the Spirit that is listed, they are not the same. They are different. So your gift is different from my gift. Even from parents to children to grandchildren, all our gifts are different. There could be similarity, but there are no two of us the same in this room. So if my life is not benefiting you, what life have I got? If I am not benefiting mankind, why am I here? You know, to die without a legacy is a life wasted. The fig tree died and the following day was like it never existed. I don't want that for my life. I'm sure you don't want that for your life. So there's an expectation for us to be ready to serve others in our good times and in our bad times. Sometimes we think when we are happy, when we are in a good place, when I get my life together, then I'll serve others. When I get all my dogs in a row, then I'll serve others. When I have enough money, then I can give away. I'll tell you something, if you don't give money away when you don't have it, when you have it, you won't. If you don't open your door to anyone to walk into your home, and find rest and shelter when you have a one-bedroom flat you won't do it when you have a mansion if you don't speak the word of God to somebody when you feel that you've not been to Bible school when you've been to Bible school, you won't if you don't speak the word of God that he's given you in your dreams or even just in your meditation time or just taking a word, something occurred to you and you don't obey when you're standing, when you have the opportunity to do it or mass, you won't do it. So there's an expectation for us to be ready in the good times, in the little things. And then we can do them in the, big, in the bigger way. So lay our lives down for his service. There is a great expectation. There's an expectation. And sometimes we think we have to serve in church. That that is our calling, to serve in church. You know, our lives, whether you are a Christian, a Muslim, a Hindu, a Sikh, a Buddhist, whoever you are, we all have been created for the one sole purpose, to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Whether we serve them or they serve us, it doesn't matter. Our lives is not meant to be in these four walls. It's meant to go out and it's meant to serve people, whoever they are. Because those people that are lost, they don't know they are lost. I've just mentioned Oh, they are lost. If somebody sitting next to you at work doesn't know you know the way, the truth, and the life, Why are you in that place? We are wherever we are for a reason. At any time. Whether it's on the bus. Whether it's on the train. Whether it's in the supermarket. Our life must speak. We must bear fruit. So when people see us, when they are hungry, when they are thirsty, they can identify whatever they need. So could it be, Jesus was showing his level of his expectation to the disciple and they missed an opportunity to ask him the right question and learn. So one thing that I've been really going through in my personal life, in our lives, like in the morning when we're having our devotion, is to take time out to reflect, to meditate, to think really think about what we've read in the scripture and ask the right questions. And the second passage I would like to read before moving on is in Mark chapter twelve, verses twenty eight to thirty one. know that jesus has been debating with religious leaders answering questions about paying taxes and marriage but i'm reflect i was reflecting on his response to what seems like a really simple question So one of the teachers of the lord came and heard and heard them debating noticing that jesus has given chapter 12 28 to 31 Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Of all the fruits that we can bear, which is the most important? The most important one, one answered Jesus, is this Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself, there is no commandment greater than this. And the third passage I'll read, so that then I can just go on, is in Galatians 5, 22. And listen to the 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruits in our lives. I'll just pause there for a minute. It is the Holy Spirit that produces fruits in our lives. So, if it is the holy spirit that produces fruit now think back to the fig tree we are not the one doing it we only have to meet one condition isn't that that is to yield to just be what we are meant to be that's it so that tree had everything the fig tree had everything all it had to do was produce fruit so that Whoever is hungry, whoever is needy, whoever is desiring can eat of it. So, the kind of fruits in our lives are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So going back to what I said earlier about asking the right question. If it is not us, it is not me who produces fruits in me, Would it be fair then, for Jesus to expect fruit, even when we ourselves are unable to, in the midst of whatever circumstances we find ourselves? Would that be fair? Would you say, if Jesus said he's giving us all the right conditions, he's giving us the ability, he's giving us everything that we need, We don't even have to produce the fruit. We just have to be yielded. Would you say it's fair when you are in a tough situation, Jesus expects you to put your problem aside and to serve somebody in need. Would you say that's fair? Because you are not the one doing it. You just have to yield. Would you say it would be fair for Jesus to expect us for our life to produce kindness? To produce service. So my friends, just like the the parable of the talent, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back soon. And when he comes back, we will all have to give account. I will have to give account. He will look at our lives in seasons and out of seasons. What will he find? These are powerful questions. What will Jesus find in me when he comes? What would my excuses be? What would be my excuse? I didn't have any support. I was offended in church. I was too busy. I needed to pay my mortgage. These are valid excuses though. They are valid, aren't they? We need to work. I'm working so hard. I need to provide for my family, to provide for my children. What would my excuses be? And what would Jesus find in me? So I want us to ponder these in relation to our lives and our lives in Him. So let us ask the right questions. So what I really want us to do, so you can hear I've asked Phil to play and to play however he wants, however the Holy Spirit wants so let us reflect together. Let's just ask the right questions. So, if you have your journal, which you should have when you come to church, notebook, I want us to just ponder some questions, reflect on some questions. And whatever you hear the Holy Spirit say, write it down. first one is really easy. So let's start with the good ones. So I want us to take a deep breath in, you know, it's a gift from God. Deep breath in, deep breath out. That's just to, to center us and to focus back to Him whether you want to close your eyes, that's fine if you don't want to, that's also fine and first of all, let's just ask what areas in my life right now is bearing fruits in this season and out of season and when the Holy Spirit is showing you then we will just thank him for it Because sometimes we don't even know the fruits that we have ourselves. So, Holy Spirit, what area, in what areas of my life am I bearing fruit? the good fruits that you've produced in us. Every single one, Holy Spirit, that you've revealed the areas in their lives. My life, where I'm producing fruits. We thank you for it. Thank you for the grace that you have given us that we can yield to you. That we can draw from your nutrients, that we can draw from you father to be able to produce those fruits help us to use the fruits in us to serve others Lord as you would expect us to We give you praise so just thank God for that fruit with areas in your life right now that is producing the second question is what areas of my life of my life are lacking fruits that's part A of the question what area the Holy Spirit show me sure what areas of my life right now is lacking that is like is it my own making in some way or is it some circumstances or the season that I am in What practical steps can I take to cultivate and nurture this area of my life? So let's take the moment to talk to God about it. And let's listen to anything that the Holy Spirit shows us. And you may want to write it down. Oh, he shows you. the reflections from the second passage. Am I fully focused on God with all my heart, soul, and strength? Do I love him with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength? Is something else getting in the way? And if so, what is it? So let's pray and listen to what God might want to show us in this area. And again, please, write it down. Writing it down, you are connecting with the Holy Spirit. You are partnering with the Holy Spirit. You are placing the value on what He's showing you. My neighbor that I'm called to, to love today. Who is my neighbor? It's not necessarily the person who lives next door to you. Who is my neighbor? Who am I called to love? You know you've been called to love somebody. Your heart has been pounding. I must give this person. Go, I see their need. But I have my own. I see people dying, but you know, somebody else will tell them about Christ. That's not my area. I'm not an evangelist. So many things that I hear in some areas of love that really break my heart. And they say, people say, oh, well, there's so, there's so many, Charities and, and government schemes that can help people so there's no need for them to be like that they can make a phone call and do this or do that so who is your neighbor? who is my neighbor? so let's ask the Holy Spirit to highlight someone that we can share God's love with practically. Whether through our words, through our actions, or just by praying for them. You know, this is not like normal church, but this is normal church. This is how we should spend time with God. This is how we should ask the right questions. How are we ever going to learn or develop if we don't ask the right questions when we are before God? Sometimes we go before God, we read a passage and we say, oh, well that's really puzzling why Jesus should cause the victory, and never take the time to ask how does this apply to me to my life and if it is the Holy Spirit who produces fruits in me what is stopping the flow of that evidence what is stopping it why are we not all full of it, I mean the good fruits. And what's also important, what I really don't want us to do today is to just go out of that door and say, oh, that was good. I never realized that there was a reason Jesus cursed the the fig tree. What I really want us to do is to be able to take the notes that we've made, whether mentally or physically, and take them home with us, and meditate on them, and really look at our lives, and wait on the Holy Spirit to show you what those areas are in depth because this might giving you a minute or two minutes and where you need to meditate. One of those questions can take us months, days, depending on how quick you are to obey or to hear to obey. Can take weeks. But don't move on to the next one until you're fully you know grounded. In number one, before you move on to number two. And question six that I'm about to ask, which is the most important question of all. What action steps do I need to take to follow through on what the Holy Spirit has shown me? What do I need to do? How do I need to do it? What do I need to, what actions do I need to take? Because it's different from every single one of us. Thank you for what you have done in our hearts today. I know this is not like a fiery and hallelujah message, but I've simply delivered it as you have given it to me. Nothing added, nothing taken away. Lord, I pray that as your word lands in our hearts today, that they will become full. That as we go away from here, we take this message this week, we will sit on those things that you have revealed to our hearts. For some of us, is love more. For some of us, is be patient. For some of us, it's be kind. For some of us, is just give God your attention. Whatever it is that you have shown us, Holy Spirit, we thank you. That you reveal to redeem. That you don't just show us things and ask us to go away and figure it out on our own. when you reveal something to us that because you are ready, you have already redeemed it, we just need to come into alignment with it. I ask for your supernatural grace this week. (laughs) To be able to extract information, not information just for information's sake, that will transform us from your word. Give us understanding. Show us even more from this incidents of the fig tree. Let your word become full in our hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. We don't have anything else to say, but I just need just us feel. Can you just, just sit and just rest in his presence and just dwell on those things? Let it become full in your heart and in your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit expand on the things that he's showing you right now. Dwell on it. Meditate on it. thing is for sure. Whether we decide to bear fruit or not, we can't say the Holy Spirit hasn't shown us. And it's also very, it's very somber to know that when we don't bear fruit, what is going to happen with our lives. Whether we die before Jesus comes, or not if we die before Jesus comes we'll be forgotten we still talk about Mother Teresa today as if she's alive we talk about you know Heidi Baker when we talk about them we think they are this they they are just people yielded to the Holy Spirit We still talk about Billy Graham. I'm talking about these people we know, so that it's just, but there are people that just, they they did exactly the same thing, but no one ever knew their names, but God, God knows their name. He knew their names before they passed on. Those who are doing it right now, He knows their names as well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But one thing that is common with all of us is our excuses will not cut it. So I pray as we live here, as we meditate on these things, as He shows us please do, take steps to do what he says. He wants you to go out on the street next week, please do it. If he wants you to finally pluck up the courage to knock on your neighbor's door, do it. If he's just cooking a meal for somebody, do it. If he's speaking to that colleague at work that you've been meaning to speak to, but you never You know, you didn't quite either know how to say it or you just think, oh, well, this one is beyond redemption. I used to be like that, thinking, God, if I preach to them, they would be saved. Then you would have saved them. They don't deserve saving. Do it. Because when Jesus returns, be an expectation. What will you give him? What will you offer him? So there's a real choice today. There's a real choice today. Amen.
1: Thank you, jo- Thank you Joyce, let's just stay quiet for the moment, I'm not chucking you out just yet. I feel it would be good to have the worship team back, can we sing that one thing song? Yeah, let's respond, Joyce is asking us to respond. So perhaps with Rachel we'll sing, we'll sing, and let's make this our declaration that we will do what he's asking us to do. We will do those things that we feel to do. And if you feel you want someone to pray with you, just knock your next door neighbor and say, will you pray with me? Will you agree with me that I will do? Will you pray for me that I will do that thing? Knock on my neighbor's door, come out of the street with scary us, or whatever, whatever, yeah? So." Let's respond. Respond. You know what you need to respond to, but we're responding saying, Yes, we will do.